0: Shabbat shalom. Shabbat, Shabbat shalom. Shabbat Shalom. If our gentlemen will please rise and join me for the dawning of the Talitot. Baruch Melech Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with your commandments and commanded us to wrap ourselves in tzitzit. Amen. We want to welcome everyone this morning to Congregation Ma'imon Chaim, the Eastern Shores, Messianic Synagogue. For those that are joining us online, we welcome you as well. We pray that whether you're in-house or joining us online, that this service uh, is powerful in your life, that you will experience the presence of the living God of all creation uh, here today. And we pray that as we gather today in worship, whether it's in person or at home or wherever else you may be, that we will do so with the Chavanah, the heart's intention of approaching the throne of our Father and experiencing His love and His embrace. Amen. I want to encourage you today as we worship, whether it's with our liturgy, because here in uh, our service and in Jewish tradition, worship is liturgy. Right, So we do have music and everything added to our service We have all of these different facets of worship But worship starts at the very beginning As we begin the matel vu, All the way through the service We approach it with the heart of worship Understanding that our liturgical service Very much many of these prayers Were prayers that were actually said by Yeshua and his disciples On the regular in their lives In the first century and even before that Some of them were said as well Constantly and regularly And so we recognize this as not just Jewish worship but as a means for us as followers of Messiah to be able to emulate Yeshua walking in his footsteps in worship and in faith. Amen. So I want to encourage you today to, to wholeheartedly approach the throne of God and worship, whether it be with the liturgy, the music, the Torah service, whatever else it is. And with that said, I want to go ahead and invite uh, Diane up, who will be leading our liturgy this morning as she makes her way up to open the service with the Vu, I just want to say a quick word of prayer as we dive in. Abra Father of mercies, we worship you, Lord. We thank you that uh, we are, in fact, able to approach your throne. We thank you that you have given us through the blood atonement of Messiah Yeshua and the presence of your Ruach HaKodesh, your Holy Spirit, in our lives. You have given us that ability to be able to come before your throne room. We thank you, Lord, that that middle curtain of partition has been torn in two and that all can approach you. And come and meet with you face to face Lord I pray that as we enter into worship today That you will move mightily in our midst That your power and presence will be here That we will humbly uh, set aside Everything going on in our day to day lives To focus upon you Hearing you, meeting you And experiencing you in this place Father we ask your anointing The anointing of your Ruach HaKodesh Upon uh, Diana she leads liturgy Upon our worship team Upon the message, the Torah service Every aspect of everything that we do today That everything we do be done for the glory of Your holy name and Your kingdom, in the name of Yeshua our Messiah, we pray, and everyone says, amen. "Amen and Amen."
1: Good morning, Shabbat Shalom.
2: Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat,
1: if you will rise with me while we worship the Lord with liturgical prayer. O
3: halecha Yaakov, mishkenotecha, Israel, matovu. O halecha Yaakov, mishkenotecha,
1: Israel. Matovu, oh Halecha how lovely are your tents, O Jacob, your dwelling places, O Israel. O Lord, through your abundant kindness, I will enter your house. In awe, I will bow down toward your holy sanctuary. Baruch <laughs> Adonai Baruch Bless the Lord, the Blessed One. Blessed Blessed is the Lord, Lord, the Blessed blessed One, one for all eternity. Baruch Abba Bashem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Baruch Adonai, Eloheinu Melech Olam, Asher Nathan Lanoeterech Yeshua, Bamashiach Yeshua. Amen. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has given us the way of salvation in Messiah Yeshua. Amen. Happy are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Happy are the people that are so situated. Happy are the people whose God is Adonai. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall you labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Speak also unto the children of Israel, saying, Above all, my Sabbaths you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Ne dar bachodesh, nor atahilot, o se fe ere, o se fe working wonders, O Lord. Who is like you, O Lord? If you all will turn around and face east. (laughs) Shammai Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, God, the Lord is one. Blessed is the name of his glorious kingdom for all eternity. But the Pharisees, when they heard that Yeshua had silenced the Sadducees, gathered together in one place, and testing him, one of them, a lawyer, asked, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the Torah? And Yeshua said to him, Viaha Hav Taha Ehetadonaha Yelohecha Bechola Vakha Uphhona Shahaha Uphhomeodecha Vehayuhuhuhu Hadva Rihim Ha Ele Ah Sheramahi Ha Yo Hom Alaveha Vishan anta hamla vanecha vidbat ham bishefta ha bevetecha uvla techa vaderech ushab bcha uvchumecha uksad hamle od ayadecha vha yula tafavod bayanenecha uchtafta ham almuzozoh petecha uvisharecha. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And have these words which I command you this day be upon your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children, and speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you retire, and when you arise. And you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand, and let them be frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and upon your gates." This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The entire Torah and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Shabbat shalom, everyone. It's good to see you
4: this morning. It's good to be here, amen? amen? Amen. Let's worship the Lord our God together. Oh, come, behold the works of God, the nations at his feet. He breaks the bow and bends the spear and tells the wars to cease. Oh, my. the chair.
2: name above every other name You are the only one who could ever say In plea of every breath we could ever breathe We live
3: Lesson
1: Rafenu Adonai, Vene Rafae, Hosieno, Kiti Ki Tihilatenoata, Vaha Alerafua, Sola Ki Amelech Rofae Neeman Verachamanata, Baruchata Adonai Rofae Tole Amo Yisrael. Heal us, O Lord, and we shall be healed. Save us, and we shall be saved, for the one we praise is you. Bring complete healing for all our sicknesses, O God, for you are our faithful and compassionate healer and king. Blessed are you, O Lord, the healer of the sick of Israel. At this time, I ask that you lift up the names of loved ones and acquaintances that have asked you to pray for them, those that you know that are in need of prayer, those that need healing and deliverance. They need hope. They need to hear the truth. And they need, beyond anything, the peace of Yeshua. They need deliverance from bondage, or most of all, if they are in need of salvation, that they might seek, that they might hear, and they might not witness the truth. I ask you to lift their names in prayer right now as we come together as a mishpacha to intercede for them.
5: Father of mercies,
0: we thank you, Lord, that we can approach your throne and beseech you on behalf of those that we know who are in need of healing. Father, we pray right now, Bisham Yeshua Meshachinu, in the name of Yeshua our Messiah, and by the blood of the Lamb for a complete and perfect healing and restoration over every name that has been lifted before you today. Father, we know that you are a God who heals, that you are a God who restores. We know that you are a God who is active in our lives, hears our prayers, and meets our needs. So, Father, we pray right now that you will touch each and every one of these lives with your mighty hand. Lord, we thank you for uh, the work of restoration that you've already begun in Lynn uh, and his shoulder. We thank you that he's able to be on the worship team today for the first time in quite a while. Father, we ask you to move mightily and powerfully in... uh, uh, Holly's life, uh, Blake and Holly, as Holly just had her appendix removed in an emergency surgery due to rupture, Father, we ask that you will continue to bring complete and perfect healing there, that she will be able to be free from the hospital soon, and be able to go home to relax and finish healing and, and uh, becoming whole again at home. Father, we ask you, continue to, to move in Elizabeth's life and uh, her brother-in-law Tommy's life after the incident with the, the, the tree hitting him the other day. Father, we ask in each and every one of these cases and any of the countless we may be uh, letting slip our minds today, that you will move mightily and powerfully today. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, we pray. Amen.
1: If y'all will please rise as we continue to worship the Lord with liturgical prayer our father in heaven sanctified by your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Adonai yagiti hilatecha. Open my lips, O Lord, and my mouth will declare your praises. Barukat ha Adonai Eloheinu veElohe Avoteinu Elohe Avraham Elohe Yitzchak Elohe Yaakov. Hagador, Hagibove Honora, El El Yong, Gold Milch has a dim to veem, Veconne ha covez a cacazde Lema ancha mobe ahava, Mele hozirumosia umagain, Baruchato Adonai, Magain of Raham. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, and God of our fathers. God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob, the great, mighty, and awesome God, the most high God, who bestows grace and creates all and remembers the righteousness of the fathers and brings a Redeemer to their children's children for his namesake with love. O King, Helper, Savior, and Shield, blessed are you, O Lord, the Shield of Abraham. Atagi bore leolam aronai, Mechayemetim atarav lehoshiyah, Mechel chayem bechesed, Mechayemetim barachamim rabim, Sohemech noflim verofe cholim, Umatir asurim, Umkayehem emunatoholi shene'afa, Mikhamocha baagvurot. You, O oh Lord, are mighty forever. You raise the dead. You are mighty to save. You sustain the living with grace. Resurrect the dead with abundant mercy. Uphold the falling. Heal the sick, set free those in bondage, and keep faith with those that sleep in the dust. Who is like you, master of mighty deeds? And who can compare to you, O king, who causes death and restores life and makes salvation sprout? And you are faithful to resurrect the dead. Blessed are you, O Lord, who resurrects the dead. They were crying out to one another. Kadosh, 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 Adana Heights of Oahot, Melon Kaharet Baruch Kevod Adonai and do Please remain standing if you are in mourning, or if this week marks the year anniversary of the death of a loved one. Please join me in singing the mourner's Kaddish. Yitgadah v'yitkadash mei rabah, be'amad i'verach yorotei v'yamlich machotei, b'cha'yechun v'yohu mechun, v'cha'yech o'beit Yisrael. Ba ba'agala, Adala Uvizma Anka ariv ve amru Amen. Amen. Yhe Shamarah, Le Alamul alme Almayait Barah, Yit Barahahak vey ishtabah, veit pa'awai it Ramam vayit nasayh, Hada va itale, va halal, Shmaidakit Shabrihu. Laminko Bechata, Veshirata, Tush Bechata, Venechemata, Taami Irumbe Amma, the Amru Amen, Amen. Ye he shall Shemaya a rabbin, Shamaya Vechimale no, Israel. The Embru, Bembru, Amen. Oh, say, Shalom, be bromal. Who ya Shalom, Alemu? The Alcohol, Israel. The Embru, Bembru, Amen. If y'all will go ahead and please rise while we sing the fun version of Ose, Shalom.
0: everyone extend their hands towards the children who are scattered about as we say a special blessing over them this morning. Over our boys we say Over our girls, May the Lord make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. May the Lord make you like Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace. B'Shem Yeshua. Amen. Abrahamim, Father of mercies, we worship you, Lord. We thank you for the children that you have blessed our congregation and our families with. Father, we thank you for their, uh, their passion to learn more about you. And the desire to uh, grow in you, Lord, I pray that you will encourage us as parents and as members and, uh, and participants in the community here at Congregation Mayim Chaim to walk fav- uh, faithfully and fervently in the image of Messiah before our children, that they will see an example of what it looks like. To, uh, to emulate the life of Messiah And to walk faithfully in your salvation Lord I pray that they will continue to grow in you That they will continue to dig deeper Into your word and relationship with you And Lord that they will grow into every bit Of what you have promised and prophesied Over each and every one of their lives That they are to be and called by you to be The In the name of Yeshua our Messiah we pray And everyone says Amen, Amen. And if you are not already, please rise as we prepare to open the ark and remove the Torah for the Torah service. And Philip, if you would come to carry the Torah this morning. So for those who may be new to a Messianic Jewish service or a a Shabbat service in general, uh, what we are about to do and take part in is what's called the Torah service, uh, in which the Torah scroll itself, which... The Torah scroll is literally parchment with the Torah, the first five books of the Bible—Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy—written uh, in Hebrew upon the parchment. It's on its chaim, which are these handles, the the rollers that the scroll is on, and you'll see it processed around the sanctuary in a moment. And there's a lot of beautiful imagery that goes into the Torah service. And here at Congregation Ma'om Chaim, as a Messianic Jewish synagogue, one of our primary focuses and everything is that if we're going to do something, <clears throat> our desire is not to do do it because it's Jewish, but to do it because it's Messiah centrally focused, right? And so, as we look at many, many, many of the traditions that have developed within Judaism uh, over the last four plus thousand years, almost every single one of them point to Yeshua in some way or another. And the Torah service is no different. So, as we see the way that the Torah scroll is dressed. We see that it has a mantle on it. Normally you would have uh, the the crowns, or in our case the Ramonim, over top of it. They don't fit in our portable ark, so we just don't bring them right now. Uh, You have the breastplate upon the Torah scroll. Reminds us of the garments that the Priests would have worn going into The temple and the Holy of Holies to minister On behalf of Israel before the Lord And so we see the mantle or the garment That's on it, the breastplate that ties it to that Connection with the priesthood and the word Of God says that Yeshua is our high priest In the Lord of Mal- order of Malchizedek And that he serves as our intermediary Between us and God and providing uh, Forgiveness for our sins and salvation The Rimonim, the crowns that are Normally upon the uh, the Torah Remind us of that connection to the kingship authority of who Yeshua is, that he is our Melch Mashiach, our King Messiah, and that connection to his return and the setting uh, the setting up of the eternal kingdom of Messiah that we will be a part of. We see these beautiful imageries that are tied into the Torah service that every Jewish community the world over is taking part in, but our eyes just have not been opened to the truth of who Yeshua is, and that every ounce of this points directly to him. We see the Torah scroll processed around the sanctuary, and as we do, you You'll notice that everybody will turn in place and follow the Torah scroll around the room with our eyes And the reason we do this is because we never want to turn our backs on the word of the Lord Turning our backs on the word of the Lord is what a goddess sent into Babylonian captivity What got us in Roman captivity what got us to where we are uh, Generally today and so we don't want to turn our back on the word of the Lord And even more so as believers in Messiah we recognize that this Torah scroll Is a, a reminder of who Yeshua is as that word made flesh And as believers in Messiah, we never want to turn our back on the Word made flesh, which is Messiah Yeshua. Also, as it goes around, normally you won't see it today because of uh, all of the extra precautions we're taking with uh, the, the coronavirus and everything. But normally you would see, and you'll see me kind of do it. I don't follow all the way through, but you would normally see people touch the Torah scroll with their their Talit or a prayer book or their Bible or even just their hand on the mantle of the Torah and then bring their hand in and kiss it. And the reason we do this is because the uh, psalmist says that his word is like honey. It's like a sweetness upon our lips. And so we're welcoming in the presence of the sweetness of the word of the Lord in our hearts and our lives. And as believers in Messiah, even more so, we are welcoming in the sweetness of the word made flesh into our hearts and our lives. And so there are, are countless more things we could talk about, but for the sake of time, I will leave it at those. Um, and then we will sing the Vahib and Suah and enter into the procession. But it's just such a beautiful thing to be able to take part in these traditions and take part in what we see here that do in fact point to Yeshua as Messiah. And our heart's desire and our longing is for the day in which our Jewish brothers and sisters' eyes will be opened to the truth of Yeshua as our Messiah. Amen
5: bei to zu ha ron bei Kumar ki mi ki mi Torah Torah Baruch Shenotan Torah Torah Ol Am Yisrael Bigen Tu Shalom Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Echad Eloheinu Gadol Noneh Gadol Shemu Garu Garu Nai Tzion Shemu Yachdav When the ark would travel, Moses would say,
0: Arise, O Lord, and and let your enemies enemies be scattered. scattered, And and let them that hate you flee from before you. For from from Zion Zion will go forth the Torah, Torah, and the the word of the the Lord Lord from Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Blessed be he who in his holiness gave the Torah to his people, Israel. Hear, Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. One is our God, great is our Lord, holy is his name. Magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. at Congregation Mayim Chaim, we have a unique tradition where each week before we open up the Torah scroll to read from the Parsha as a community, we read together from Exodus 19 verses 16 through 19, what we call the Sinai experience. Or the Sinai account, where the nation of Israel as a whole stood at the base of Mount Sinai and heard the audible voice of the Lord speak forth the Aseret Hadibrut, the ten words or the ten commandments uh, from the face of Mount Sinai out of his fire and presence that was upon the mountain. And uh, as we read this passage, we recognize that one of the things that it tells us that predicating the voice of the Lord came forth the sound of a heavenly shofar blast that awakened the hearts and the lives of Israel in preparation for the voice of the Lord about to come forth. And here at Canary Eshamayim Chaim, we believe fervently that we serve a God who is alive and well. We believe that we serve a God who speaks to us as much today as He ever has in the history of creation. And that one of the primary ways that He speaks to us is through His Word. So we believe that each and every time we open up the Word of God, we should be expecting to hear the audible voice of God speak forth from His Word into our hearts and our lives. And so as we prepare to uh, listen for His voice in the Parsha each week, we read this passage to remind ourselves of what our forefathers experienced at Sinai, and then we blast the shofar to awaken our hearts and our souls to the voice of the Lord about to come forth from His word. Amen. You'll join with me in English. In the morning of the third day, there was thundering and lightning, a thick cloud on the mountain, and the blast of an exceedingly loud shofar. All the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they stood at the lowest part of the mountain. Now the entire Mount Sinai was in smoke because Adonai had descended upon it in fire. The smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace. The whole mountain quaked greatly. When the sound of the shofar grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him with a thunderous sound. (laughs) Turned my eyes very briefly from the Torah scroll as I grabbed my shofar and my Talit. The fringes got hung up on the and I thought the whole thing was about to go down. <laughs>
5: Bless the Lord, the Blessed One.
0: Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has chosen us from all peoples and given us his Torah. Blessed are you, O Lord, giver of the Torah. Amen. This week we Parsha Lech Lecha from Genesis 12, 1 through seventeen twenty seven. In Hebrew we read, el avram lech lecha me'artzecha umi Moladecha umi bait el ha'aretz asher arecha. Then Adonai said to Abram, Get going out from your land and from your relatives and from your father's house. To the land that I will show you. My heart's desire is to make you into a great nation. To bless you. To make your name great so that you may be a blessing. My desire is to bless those who bless you. uh, But whoever curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So Abram went, just as Adonai had spoken to him, also Lot went with him. Now Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his nephew, and all their possessions that they had acquired. And the people that they acquired in Haran, and they left to go to the land of Canaan. And they entered the land of Canaan. Abram uh, passed through the land as far as the place of Shechem, as far as Moreh's big tree. The Canaanites were in the land then. Then Adonai appeared to Abram and said, "I will give you this land to your seed." So there he built an altar to Adonai. He had appeared to who had appeared to him. From there he moved to the mountain to the east of Bethel and erected his tent with Bethel to the west and I to the east. There he built an altar to Adonai and called on the name of Adonai. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has given us the Torah of truth and has planted eternal life in our midst. Blessed are you, O Lord, giver of the
5: Torah. Amen. This is the Torah that Moses placed before the sons of
0: Israel at the command of Adonai by the hand of Moses. Amen. Just for the record, it's way easier doing that from the giant bima stand at the synagogue than it is from this little table. blessed are you o lord our god king of the universe who selected good prophets and was pleased with their words which were spoken truthfully blessed are you o lord who chooses the torah your servant moses your prophets your people israel and your prophets of truth and righteousness why do you say o jacob and assert o israel my way is hidden from adonai and justice do me escapes the notice of my god have you not known have you not heard adonai is the eternal god the creator of the ends of the earth he does not grow tired or weary. He is understanding. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives strength to the weary, and to one without vigor, he adds might. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But they who wait for I will renew their strength. They will soar up with the wings of eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Be silent before me, O islands. Let peoples renew their strength. Oh, let the, the, them draw near, uh, then let them speak. Let us come together for judgment who has stirred up one from the east. He calls justice to his feet. He gives nations over to him and subdues kingdoms. He makes them like dust with the sword as driven stubble with his bow. With his bow. He pursues them, uh, passing on safely by a path his feet had not traveled. He, Who has performed and done it, calling forth the generations from the beginning? I, I don't know, I am the first and the last. I am he. The coastlands have seen and fear. The ends of the earth tremble. They draw near and come. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, rock of all eternities, faithful in all generations, the trustworthy God who says and does who speaks and makes it come to pass, all of whose words are true and righteous. Faithful are you, O Lord our God, and faithful are your words. For not one word of yours is turned back unfulfilled, for you are a faithful and compassionate God and King. Blessed are you, O Lord, the God who is faithful in all his words. Amen. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has given us Messiah Yeshua and the commandments of the new covenant. Blessed are you, O Lord, giver of the new covenant. Amen. Then the Cohen Gadol said, Are these things so? Stephen declared, Brothers and fathers, listen. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia. Before he lived in Haran, he said to him, Leave your country and your relatives and come here to the land that I will show you. Then he left the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. From there, after his father died, God moved him to his land where you now live. He gave him no inheritance and it not even a foothold yet. He promised to give it to him as a possession to him and to his descendants after him, even though he had no child. But God spoke in this way that his descendants would be foreigners in a land belonging to others, and they would enslave uh, and mistreat them for 400 years. But I will judge the nations they serve uh, as slaves, God said, and afterward they shall come out and serve me in this place. Then God gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision, So he became the father of Isaac and circumcised him on the eighth day. And so Isaac with Jacob and Jacob with the twelve patriarchs. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has given us the word of truth and has planted life everlasting in our midst. Blessed are you, O Lord, giver of the new covenant. Amen. If you'll please rise as we prepare to return the Torah back to the ark. And when it rested, Moses would say, Return, Adonai, to the tens of thousands of the families of Israel. Arise, Adonai, to your resting place, you and the ark of your strength.
5: De-ra-che-ham ra che Shalom hashiv e Adonai E-le-chua ve it is a tree of life
0: to those who take hold of it and those who support it are praiseworthy its ways are ways of pleasantness and all its paths are peace bring us back O lord to you and we shall come renew our days as of old amen may be seated at this time we would like to dismiss our children to Shabbat school please make your way calmly to the uh, exit of the room and wait for your teachers especially my kid that just jetted out the door to talk about tzedakah, tithes and offerings. How many of you remember your first bike? Was it a banana seat bike? Did it have tassels hanging from the handlebars? Do you have an over, or did you have an overprotective parent who installed a 10-foot orange flag? Did it have training wheels? I learned how to ride a bike with the assistance of training wheels. Amazing little things you attach to the rear wheels that help you balance. You learn how to ride a bike, and as you get better, you remove the training wheels. When it comes to generosity, I think the Bible talks about this idea with this concept of training wills. In the Tanakh, there's this idea of the tithe. God's people were to set aside a minimum of 10% of their income to support the work of the ministry. And by the way, if 10% seems frighteningly large to you, uh, historically speaking, when the tabernacle and temple stood, it was something closer to like 33% of your annual income that was actually given in tithe. For various purposes. They were to give the tithe first before they gave. Be- they were to give the tithe first before they did anything else. Here's one of the verses in the Bible that talks about the tithe from Malachi three ten. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, then there will be food in my storehouse. Now test me in this, says Adonai Zeva'ot, if I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out blessing for you until no one is without enough. In the Brachadasha Yeshua talked a lot about money. But he taught people that they shouldn't treat the law like it is just a checklist, but that our obedience should reflect our heart. In different letters uh, Paul, in different letters to Messianic congregations, Paul also talked about the idea of generous giving. I think the tithe is the training wheels of generosity, if you will. It's how we learn to be generous, but it's not the end. It's the starting point, not the finish line. A kid riding a bike with training wheels is okay, but an adult that's a bit of a different story. My hope for you is that you would give generously, reflecting a heart of faith and love. A tithe is a great thing, but it's a starting point for generosity. This is a time where you can worship God by giving your tithes and offerings to congregation Mayim Chaim. And I know that many of you have already given online, and we want to especially thank you for doing so. Uh, But if you haven't given your tithes and offerings already, or if you feel led to give more, we want to encourage you to take out your phones, open up a new text message, and enter the number 251-278-2424 and send the word GIVE then follow the prompting to give via text, or you can give online through our website at shalomeasternshore.com forward slash donate, or you can give with the envelopes and tzedakah box that is located in the back of the sanctuary. With that said, we do like to say a special blessing over the tithes and offerings as they are brought in. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the Universe. Who commanded us and made promises to us concerning the tithe and the offering, Abrahamim, Father of Mercies? I ask that as we prepare to uh, give faithfully to you, that you will encourage us, that you will uplift us, that you will give us a, uh, a a better understanding, a better depth of knowledge on what it means to be generous in your kingdom, Father. I pray that as the offerings and tithe come in that you will give our leadership uh, ex- a, a, a exceptional wisdom and stewardship and how to, to best handle the resources that you bring in to best affect the needs of this congregation as well as to impact the greater body Messiah and the world around us that you've placed us in. Father, I thank you that you have given us opportunity to bless you in return with how much you have, with what you have given us and knowing that you will faithfully continue to meet our needs even if we think that smallest amount is hard to give, we know that you will meet our needs beyond it. Father, I thank you that you have called us to faithfully give to you, not because there's something to gain in it, not because it's a get-rich-quick scheme, but Father, just solely out of faithfulness, out of everything you have done for us, us returning back to you from what you have given us. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, we pray, and everyone says, amen and amen. And in a moment, we're going to let everybody take a couple of minutes to wander about, say Shabbat Shalom, refill your coffee, hit the restrooms if need be, whatever it is. You've got about five minutes for that, but we also want to encourage you, if you've not given and you want to give physically here in-house, the sedaka box and envelopes are in the back by the entry. Please go ahead and take this time as an opportunity to do so. Uh, and then as you hear that, that music, the countdown begin to wind down, please make your way back to your seats so that you do not miss out on the announcements and the message today. Bye. <laughs> Right. if everyone will go ahead and make their way back into the sanctuary, make your way back to your seats. We normally have a nice little video for our announcements, but Danielle and I were out of town this week uh, for our anniversary, and so I didn't make it this week. So uh, you're going to have to deal with me talking to you in person. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Shabbat Shalom Mishpacha, and welcome to Congregation Mayim Chaim, the Eastern Shores, Messianic Synagogue. And again, thank you for worshiping with us this Shabbat. We especially want to thank all of our first-time visitors for joining us today and encourage you to please take a moment and fill out a visitor card and leave it behind with us so we can keep you up to date with everything happening at CMC. And if you're here for the first time and you have not received a visitor packet yet, please raise your hand so that we can make sure that one lands in it rapidly with us meeting here at Eastern Shore Baptist Church for the foreseeable future. We need assistance with setup and breakdown every, uh, each week. If you are willing and able to help, please talk to myself or Reverend Danielle after service. This is a very important part of making our services possible each and every week, and it is a task that absolutely needs more hands involved. To those who have been helping for the last several weeks, thank you guys so much, because when I did it myself, it was an absolute pain. Uh, so having <laughs> you guys helping has made it so much easier and made my Shabbat so much better uh, So also with that, we uh, are in yet again need of Shabbat school teachers So if you're a member of CMC and you have an interest in teaching the children Please talk to uh, to myself, Rebbit and Danielle, after service And let us know if you're interested and, uh, and we'll connect you with the Rixies so that you guys can talk uh, And see what the next phase and next steps are in that Uh, Our next round of members class will begin on November 7th, which is next Shabbat after service and will run for four consecutive Shabbats. Uh, If you are interested in taking the members class, please talk to Danielle after service so you can sign up. This just makes it a little easier for me to have expectations on uh, what we're looking for in the membership class, how many people are going to be here, uh, how much uh, materials and such to print out for the classes that I need that, uh, and things like that. So please let Danielle know in advance if you are planning to be a part of the next round of members class um, and if you are just curious about more information of our congregation, this is a great place to start. Um, there's a lot more info than just kind of who we are and what we do, but this is a great place to kind of learn more and dig in. Plus, if you go ahead and get it out of the way now, when you have been here long enough to become a member, you've already gone through the class, and, and it's a little easier on you then. So, teens young adults, uh, we want to encourage you to please... Join us next Saturday, November 7th to 6 p.m. for our next youth group meeting. We are uh, excited to continue uh, to get together with you guys and to make our way through the viewing uh, and in-depth discussion of The Chosen and hopefully in the very near future, Season 2 will be available. So if everything pans outright, we're hoping to be able to roll straight from one into Season 2. Um, while we are unable to meet at CMC, we will instead be gathering at my house. So please uh, talk to me or Danielle or you can talk to Philip and Holly afterward after service, if you have any questions or need directions to get there. Uh, Torah on Tap will resume on Sunday, November 8th at 4 p.m. Gentlemen, this is for you. We look forward to gathering together again with the gentlemen of CMC for Torontap Tap for opportunities to build each other up, fellowship further uh, relationships, and grow together as the men of the congregation. So please join us on November 8th, Sunday, November 8th, for uh, Torah on Tap. Uh, Bible study will resume this Tuesday evening, November 3rd at 7 p.m. We can't wait to jump back into Paul's pastoral letters with you uh, very, very, very soon. Until we are able to be back in our building, Bible study will be migrating to online only and will be live-streamed from my house through all of our normal avenues. Um, this isn't really the way we want to do it. I mean, we, we live-stream it anyways, so that's we're not changing that any, but... I really like the in-person connection, being able to talk to you guys, answer questions and such. So, uh, but we're, we're going to have to, for the time being, do it uh, live stream only just because there's, you know, we, we really have nowhere to do it. So, <laughs> so we will uh, look for you online. Again, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. You can find us on our Facebook page. You can find us on uh, our BoxCast channel. You can find us on our website. Uh, after the event, you can find us on YouTube as well. The recording gets exported out there. Uh, Also, Hanukkah is right around the corner, and we will be hosting our annual public menorah lighting on Thursday, December 17th at 6.30 p.m. at Daphne City Hall. Uh, This is the eighth night of Hanukkah, so we will have a full menorah lit, and it will be an awesome opportunity for us to share the light of Messiah with the uh, community around us. Please begin to spread the word now, and please let Danielle know if you are willing to help serve on our team for the menorah lighting this year. That includes setup, breakdown, serving, etc. Our congregational Hanukkah party will be on Saturday evening, December 12th at 6.30pm. We will let you know exactly where we will be holding the Hanukkah party very soon, but go ahead and put the party down uh, in your calendar so that you do not miss out. We do ask you to continue to pray for Congregation Maim Chaim as we navigate our way through the restoration process of the synagogue from the damage from Hurricane Sally left behind. We have a long road ahead of us, but God has been amazingly faithful, not only in providing awesome contractors, but also with many in the Messianic Jewish movement who have come alongside us in support during this time. Even more so, He has shown great favor in providing us with amazing relationships in the body of Messiah all over the area. One such relationship has afforded us this amazing home away from home in the chapel here at Eastern Shore Baptist Church. For all other announcements and to keep up to date with CMC, please visit shalomeasternshore.com and our social media regularly. And as always, please feel free to contact us at info at com if you have any questions. of Father of mercies, we worship you, Lord. We thank you for uh, this Shabbat and this opportunity to gather together to dig into your word and to grow in your presence and in your Ruach. Lord, I pray that you will speak boldly into our hearts and our lives today, that it will be your voice heard, that nothing of me will be involved except that which you've ordained specifically for this purpose. Father, I pray that as we leave this place today, we will leave here changed and transformed by the power of your Ruach, ready to impact the community in the world around us with the good news of Messiah Yeshua. In the name of Yeshua our Messiah we pray and everyone says Amen. So this week we read uh, which is Genesis twelve one through seventeen twenty seven, in which we read about the beginning of the Abrahamic covenant and what would become the birthing of the nation of Israel. It's amazing to read about Abram, uh, later Abraham and his journey, and there is so much to learn from this great man of faith. I am always amazed as I read through Bereshit, or Genesis, of Abraham's willingness to follow the Lord at the drop of a hat. He never really fought with God about picking up and and going, whether it was leaving his father's house, as we see in this week's Parsha, or taking his own son uh, up the mountain to be sacrificed, as we will see shortly. When God said, move, he just moved. Much of our understanding of what it means to be a person of faith is developed from examination of Abraham's life. And we see numerous references in the Berich specifically to this point. However, I think one of the most amazing things about Abram's life is that he is not just kind of this superhero-esque figure uh, of faith that we are not able to relate to. In fact, quite the opposite, we see his ups and downs, his successes and failures. We see his humanity pouring out in both triumph and disaster. If we take care to read the narrative of Abraham's life, not as some random fluke of perfection, but rather as a fallen man loved by a gracious Creator and walking out his faith in a fallen world, we are able to, in many ways, see ourselves in Abraham's shoes, and as such are able to extrapolate valuable lessons to help us live our walks with the Lord today. Today we are going to focus on two specific moments of Abraham's life that we find in this week's Parsha. In these two moments, we are able to see both his humanity as well as our own selves. And in reality, our two choices which lie before us in everything that God speaks to us and about us. If you have your scriptures, go ahead and open up to Genesis chapter 15, beginning with verse 1. Genesis 15, beginning with verse 1. It says, After these things, the word of I came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, My Lord Adonai, what will you give me since I am living without children? And the heir of my household is Eliezer of Damascus. Then Abram said, Look, you have given me no seed, so a houseborn servant is my heir. Then behold, the word of Adonai came to him, saying, This one will not be your heir. But in fact, one who will come from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up now at the sky and count the stars. If you were able to count them, then he said to him, "So shall your seed be." Then he believed in Adonai, and he was reckoned, and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. Keep in mind, this is immediately after Abram goes to war with the kings who attack Sodom and Gomorrah and the areas around them, and in doing so, took Lot, which was Abram's nephew, and his family captive. Abram caught word of this and gathered his men and went to battle and defeated the antagonizers. In doing so, he not only saved Lot, but he and his men also looted the wealth, uh, both of the kings they fought and the wealth of the kings that the kings had taken. Abram then came across Malchizedek, uh, who the Torah says was the king of Salem and a priest of Elyon, and that, uh, El Elyon, sorry, and he gave a tithe of the spoils to the service of the Lord. He then gave everything left after the tithe, with exception of Lot and his family, and the reward due his men for their fighting. As he stated, he knew God's promise to him was one of great blessing, and he did not want to give any man opportunity to say that blessing came from them and not from Hashem. And in the text, it is immediately after this forfeiture of worldly gain that the Lord appears to him, and the encounter we just read about occurs. The Lord reconfirms his intent to bless Abram and says to him, Do not fear, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Sounds kind of like what the Levites and the Kohanim were promised, right? They didn't get an inheritance in the promised land like the rest of the tribes did. Instead, the Lord said, I am your inheritance. I am your reward. He says, I am your shield, your very great reward. And Abram responds by asking, even if he receives great blessing from Adonai, what should happen to it, as he has no children to pass it on to, and all his possessions currently would be left to his most trusted servant Eliezer. In essence, Abram is having a conversation with Adonai in which he is simply pouring out his emotional concerns. He isn't specifically second guessing what has been promised, but rather he is taking to his heavenly father, uh, talking to his heavenly father as one would speak to an earthly father, with complete and total vulnerability and authenticity to this end Rashi points out the Hebrew word translated here as without children which is the word ariri means that which uh, which means childless bear without children it also comes from the root word uh, arar meaning to make bear demolish or to break abram was saying that without a future to pass on god's blessing to what good would being blessed uh, to what good would being blessed be as he would still be broken and sorrowful and then we read verse 4. Then behold, the word of Adonai came to him, saying, This one will not be your heir. Speaking of Eliezer. But in fact, one who will come from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up now at the st- at the sky and count the stars. If you are able to count them, then he said to him, So shall your seed be. And the next verse says, Then he, Abram, believed in Adonai, and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. Much like when Adonai called Abram out of his father's house, to a land that he did not know. Abram's response here is immediate. He didn't question God any further. He didn't argue with him, and he certainly didn't complain. He simply believed. He had faith, and he trusted. The next thing we read about is Adonai cutting a covenant with Abraham, or with Abram at this point still. But there are some very unique realities to this particular event. Picking up with chapter 15, verse 7. Then he said to him, I am Adonai who brought you out from Ur of the Chaldeans in order to give you this land to inherit it. So he said, My Lord, Adonai, how will I know that I will inherit it? Then he said to him, Bring me a three-year-old young cow, a uh, three-year-old she-goat, a three-year-old ram, and a turtle dove, and a young bird. So he brought all these to him and cut them in half and put each piece opposite the other, but he did not cut the birds. Then birds of prey came down upon the carcasses, but uh, Abram drove them away. When the sun was about to set and a dark a deep sleep fell on Abram behold terror and great darkness was falling upon him then he said to Abram know for certain that your seed will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and they will be enslaved and oppressed 400 years but I am going to judge the nations that they will serve afterward they will go out with many possessions but you you will come to your fathers in peace you will be buried at a good old age then, in the fourth generation, they will return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. When the sun set and became dark, behold, there was a smoking oven and a fiery torch that passed between these pieces. On that day, Adonai cut a covenant with Abram, saying, I give this land to your seed from the river of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates River, the Kenite, the Kenizzite, the Cadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Gergashites, and the Jebusites. By the way, before we go any further, if you remember, uh, we read that uh, Joshua and Caleb were the only two of the first generation that left Egypt that were able to go into the promised land and reside there because they were the two of the twelve spies that brought a good report back about the promised land. And if you pay attention to the text, it tells us very specifically that Joshua was an actual Israelite. He was born of uh, Israelite descent. But Caleb, the other, was a Kenizzite you notice that name in here? I give you the land. Uh, uh, I give this land to your seed from the river of Egypt to the great Euphrates, to the great river, the river Euphrates river, the Kenite, the Kenizzites, the Cabanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Raphites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Gagashites, and the Jebusites, and some otherites in there too. Uh, it says, I give you their land. So we see Caleb, one of the two, that were able to lead Israel in the promised land, one of the only two that actually saw the promised land for what God said it was, which was good and blessing. And Caleb is a Kenizzite. He wasn't actually of descendancy of Israel. And so we see in the story of Joshua and Caleb leading the nation of Israel in the promised land that it took a Jew and a Gentile to lead together the people of God into the promises that God had given us. The covenant between the pieces was an ancient Near uh, Near Eastern method of cutting a deal, of making a covenant. Typically, the less powerful party was to walk between the cut pieces, indicating that one's fate would be that of the cut pieces were he to violate the terms of the covenant. And Abram's vision, however... It is not Abram who would be the weaker of the parties who walks between the pieces. It is the flaming torch, the symbol of God's presence. This is to show that God is is binding or covenanting himself to Abram, Israel, and the Jewish people. Abram being passive in the covenantal action shows that the covenant made with Abram uh, and then later renewed with Israel and the Jewish people is unconditional. Even the Hebrew word for the, the word, even the Hebrew word for covenant, which is berit, is connected to this type of ancient ceremony. Now. As a brief aside, in regards to the 400 years of enslavement and oppression, Rashi teaches the 400 years after, the, after, uh, the 400 years referred to the period from the birth of Isaac in roughly the year 2048 on the Hebrew uh, counting, 1713 BCE, to uh, Exodus from Egypt in 2448 on the Hebrew counting, during which time Abraham's descendants were strangers in a land that is not theirs. They actually sojourn in Egypt. Uh, The actual sojourn in Egypt was about 210 years, of which the final 86 were a time uh, when the children of Israel were enslaved and afflicted. And if you pay close attention to the cutting of the covenant, you'll notice distinct links to the covenant that would be made with the literal fulfillment of this promise at Mount Sinai. When the nation of Israel stood at the base of Mount Sinai and encountered the Shekinah of Adonai, Notice the batkol, the voice of God and the presence of God, represented by fire and smoke in both accounts, both in Genesis fifteen and in Exodus nineteen and twenty. At Mount Sinai, Adonai was not only making a covenant with Israel, but also reiterating his covenant made previously with Avinu Abraham, with our father Abraham. Abram responded to Adonai's promise in pure faith and trust, as seen in Genesis fifteen five through six. He took him outside and said, Look up now at the sky and count the stars, if you are able to count them. Then he said uh, to him, So shall your seed be. Then he believed in Adonai, and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. In return for Abram's faith, it was not only counted to him as righteousness, but also provided fertile ground for the Lord to make an unconditional and eternal covenant with Abraham and Abraham's descendants. And that covenant was of the blessing that would come not only to Abraham and his descendants, but through Abraham and his descendants to the entirety of the world through Messiah Yeshua. We go forward to Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. When Abram was 99 years old, Adonai appeared to him, and he said to him, I am El Shaddai. Continually walk before me, and you will be blameless. My heart's desire is to make my covenant between me and you, and then I will multiply you exceedingly much. Abram fell on his face, and God spoke with him, saying, For my part, because my covenant is with you, you will be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer will your name be Abram, which is uh, uh, glory, uh, uh, I'm lost and glorified father, exalted father. There we go. I lost it for a second there. Exalted father, but your name will be Avraham because I make you the father of a multitude of nations. Yes, I will make you exceedingly faithful and I will make you into nations and kings will come forth from you. Yes, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your seed after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant in order to be your God and your seeds God after you. I will give to you and to your seed after you the land where you are an outsider, the whole land of Canaan as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. God also said to Abraham, as for you, my covenant you must keep. You and your seed after you throughout their generations, this is my covenant that you must make between me and you and your seed after you. All your males must be circumcised. You must be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin, and this will become a sign of the covenant between me and you. Skipping to verse 15, God also said to Abraham, As for Sarai your wife, you shall, not be, uh, you shall not call her by the name Sarai. Rather, Sarah is her name. And I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son from her. I will bless her, and she will give rise to nations. Kings of the peoples will come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to his heart, Will a son be born to a hundred-year-old man? Or will Sarah, who is ninety years old, give birth? So Abraham said to God, If only Ishmael might live before you. Keep in mind this encounter is after the fiasco with Hagar and Ishmael in which Abraham and Sarah decided to take matters into their own hands because they didn't feel God was acting quick enough. So Sarah talked to Abraham Abraham into marrying Hagar, his servant, and having a child with her. And maybe that could be the seed of which Adonai was speaking. And as we've all learned at one point in our faith walks or another, and if we're honest probably numerous times, whenever we try to do God's job for him, It always blows up in our face, right? So after that whole fiasco, God is once again reiterating His promise to Abraham and making sure Abraham understands that this seed, this promised seed is through Sarah and no one else. And just as with the covenant made with Abraham in Genesis 15, which we spoke about a moment ago, the reiteration of the covenant is to be sealed with blood. But there are two major differences here. First is the name change. Avram to Avraham, from exalted father to father of many nations. So now, not only does Abraham have the spoken covenant of Adonai, but he also has the covenant and a constant reminder because his name now invokes the covenant promise that God has made to him. The second is the means of the blood covenant. In Genesis 15, Abraham was a passive participant in the cutting of the covenant. Whereas now in Genesis 17, he is an active participant in the covenant. But not just active, as in he is the one cutting the sign of the covenant. Much like his name becomes a constant reminder of the covenant, so does his physical body. The t- this time, the Lord commands Abraham to circumcise himself and every male eight days old and over as a sign of the covenant. And from this day on, every single descendant of the seed of Abraham become active participants in the unconditional covenant with Abraham. But even in this reaffirmation of the covenant, there is a significant difference in the way Abraham responds. In Genesis 15, he believed immediately, he responded in faith, and it was counted to him as righteousness. However, here in Genesis 17, faith is the opposite of his response. We read at the end of the Parsha that Ishmael is 13 years old at the time of his circumcision, which tells us that there had been at least 13 years that has passed from Genesis 15 to Genesis 17, and probably a little longer than that. Abraham has gone almost a decade and a half from when God made the promise for his own offspring, the offspring that would be connected to the covenant relationship with Adonai, and yet no offspring was Sarah. They tried to make it happen on their own with Hagar, and that blew up in their face. Abraham is now 99, and here God appears again to make the same promise all over again. This time Abraham is anything but blindly receptive to the word of the Lord. Abraham straight up laughs in the face of God. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to his heart, verse 17, Will a son be born to a hundred-year-old man, or will Sarah, who is 90 years old, give birth? So Abraham said to God, If only Ishmael might live before you. Not to attempt to make an excuse for Abraham's behavior, but as a human, I I can kind of understand. As a husband and a father who suffered alongside my wife for years, longing, longing for children... But being told it was highly unlikely we'd ever have children of our own, I can feel this pain. I can see in our own lives how there was direct connection in what God had installed in our lives and the calling He had given us to having children. And yet for years we struggled to have kids. And we tried everything. We went to the world's foremost, uh, 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 foremost doctor in dealing with infertility. Uh, particularly dealing with the, the specific condition that Danielle has. And he looks at her and says, and again, this is the, literally the world's foremost doctor in this area. There's nobody else in the world considered better than him. Cost is way too much money. There's literally nobody in the world considered better than him. In his field and his expertise and we go to him uh, This was a, a long island jewish in long island, new york and we go to him and he runs through several weeks of tests And I guess it was probably two or three months that we were going to to him And ultimately he says, okay, here's the deal It is very unlikely you will ever get pregnant on your own And it is equally unlikely you will ever have children with medical help You might as well just deal with that go ahead and process that i'll continue with treatments and and IVF or whatever you feel need to go through, but it is highly unlikely you will ever have children on your own, much less with medical help. And immediately, it was like this anvil just fell out of the sky. Anybody remember watching Looney Tunes? Right, It was like this anvil fell out of the sky and just crushed down on us. I remember driving to We were living in uh, in New York and and we were working with the synagogue that we attended in Long Island. I was the, the rabbinic intern there and we had helped start a congregation in Manhattan. And I remember driving one Friday night on our way into Manhattan for Shabbat service. Uh, at the synagogue there and I'm talking with a good friend of mine uh, who at the time was living in Pensacola and he had kind of gone through this journey with us and had been praying with us and talking with us about it and I'm talking to him and Danielle's in the car and we've got a few friends from the school that are riding along with us and I'm talking with him on the phone and I I just start to unload and I was like dude I just I don't get it why would God put this burden in our heart why would he put this desire and this yearning in our heart just to hold it out like a frigging carrot in front of a horse running a race that we're never going to get our hands on? Why would he do that to us? And why in the world would I care about him if this is the way he's going to treat us? Why would I want to serve him? Why would I want to live with him? Why would I want to do anything for him if this is what he's going to do to us and how he's going to treat us? And I remember the pain
5: and the anguish that went along with this.
0: And I remember having to go to synagogue that night and pretend like everything was okay. And pretend like I wasn't battling. Pretend like I wasn't struggling. So I get where Abraham's coming from. For the better part of at least five decades of marriage. At least. And we don't know how long they had been married at this point. At least five decades of marriage. They had struggled and yearned and had desire for children. And had God promised them over and over and over again that they would have children. Only to see zero fruit from it. And I can picture Abraham that first time as God comes and says, hey, here's what I'm going to do. Here's the promise I'm giving you. You will bless the entire world. Through your seed, the entire world will be blessed. And Abraham goes, dude, awesome. This is great. When? God says, it's coming. And Abraham just immediately went, okay, cool, look, you called me out. I did what you said when I left my father's house and everything's been good, so I'm going to trust you on this too. And then 13, 14, 15 years goes by and still no child with Sarah. And they've paid the consequence of trying to get ahead of God's plan with Hagar and Ishmael, and they're still paying the consequence. Heck, the Jewish people today are still paying the consequence of him getting ahead of God with Ishmael and Hagar. So when God appears to him again and says, you will certainly have a son, a child of your own, a seed through Sarah, as a human, going through that myself, I can imagine myself in Abraham's shoes. I can picture myself standing there when God says, Hey, you remember that promise I made to you almost two decades ago? It's still coming, guy. It's still coming. Just wait. Be patient. It's still coming. I can imagine myself as Abraham just falling on my face and laughing at God and said, Who the crap do you think you are? Why am I going to listen to you now? You haven't done anything you said you were going to do in all this time. Why am I going to listen to you now? So I can most certainly understand a 99-year-old Abraham's pain and anguish. And I can most certainly understand the response this time around when God reaffirms the covenant with him. But notice the significant difference between how Abraham responds in Genesis 15 and again in Genesis 17. The covenant hasn't changed. In fact, it has simply gained more detail. But what has changed is the heart of Abraham. As he is finding it more and more difficult to get his head And his heart in the right place and trusting God for the fulfillment of the promise. And he and Sarah have now experienced over a half a century of infertility and brokenheartedness because of it. We often talk about Sarah laughing at God in next week's Parsha, about a year before the promised seed is finally born. But rarely do we hear anyone ever talk about the fact that Abraham laughed first. This great hero of faith that we all look up to laughed first. He didn't just laugh first. He laughed in the face of God. But the truth is, both were responding from a place of brokenness, not of hope, faith, and trust. And I feel like often, the second manner of response from Abraham is a response merely rooted in emotion, and it is exactly how we tend to respond to God's promises, to God's direction for our lives, and to His leading on a regular basis. Especially when things aren't going the way we have always hoped or expected. I know that was absolutely the case for Danielle and I when we struggled to get pregnant. Obviously, we have two kids. Uh, Just to kind of wrap that story back around real quick, the doctor told us we would never have kids. Then our insurance pulled the plug on us being able to go to the doctor uh, any longer. And all of a sudden, it felt like not only did this anvil just crash on us, but it felt like the last hope we had at having kids was just ripped out from under us. Uh, like the, you know, the the proverbial rug getting yanked out from under our feet, and about five months later, give or take, uh, we find out we're pregnant with Eliana, completely out of the blue, completely natural. Nothing at all to do with what the doctor did. As a matter of fact, it was enough time between that what little drugs Danielle was getting from them was long out of her system and didn't matter anymore. Um, and, and, I mean, it was unreal. We went through, uh, through deliverance with our synagogue in New York, and, and there happened to be some issues in both of our lives where the enemy was, was affecting what was going on. And we went through deliverance, and literally within a couple of months of that, Uh, Eliana comes along or Danielle got pregnant with Eliana and then 22 months after Eliana was born Here comes Natanel zero expectation whatsoever there, but here comes Natanel So God is faithful. We may not always understand the timing We may not always be able to see the bigger picture, but God is faithful See it's really easy to have exuberant hope and faith when things are going well Remember, Abraham's encounter in chapter 15 was right after he won the war and recovered Lot and his family from captivity. He was on an emotional high. He saw the literal protection and provision of victory from the hand of God. Walking in faith and belief is so much easier at these times of emotional and spiritual highs. But what about when we are in the throes of the battle? What about when it feels like the entire world is crashing down around us? What if it's something we know God has been promising to us for years and years, and we've seen trickles of the blessing but not the fulfillment yet and every time we hear the promise reaffirmed it feels farther and farther away what about when we feel beaten down and broken how do we respond to these crises is it a response of faith and hope or do we sarcastically laugh in the face of God thinking in our hearts yeah right I've heard this crap before and after all these years I haven't seen it happen yet why should I believe you now And let's not fool ourselves. We've all been there, and some of us may even be going through this at this very moment in our lives. But ultimately, the choice of how we respond and the driving factor should not be our emotions. It should be faith and hope. This is the difference between Abraham's response in Genesis 15 and his response in Genesis 17. His faith and hope was suffering in 17. As I prepare to close, I want to go ahead and call our worship team back up to the Bema. And as they make their way back up, Hebrews eleven one through 2 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of realities not seen. For by it the elders receive condemnation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that what is seen did not come from anything visible. Continuing in uh, Hebrews 11, verse 8. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place he was not, uh, he was not he to a place he was to receive as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he migrated to the land of promise as if it were foreign, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise, for he was waiting for the city that was found that, that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive when she was barren and past the age, since she considered no one, uh, since she considered the one who had made the promise to be faithful. So from one and him as good as dead, were fathered offspring as numerous as the stars of heaven, and as unc- uncountable as the sand of the seashore. These all died in faith without receiving the things promised, but they saw them and welcomed them from afar. And they confess that they were strangers and sojourners on the earth. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If indeed they had been thinking about where they had come from, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they yearn for a better land, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. See, the key to faith is not in what we see right before us, whether in good times or bad. Faith is about hoping for things to come, for things unseen. And here's a little reality check. If we can't have faith in God for the things promised here and now that we've not yet seen fulfillment of, do we really have faith and hope in the reality of what awaits us in the Alam haba, the world to come? How much greater is the reality of the salvation we've experienced, the Messiah Yeshua, and the freedom from the grip of the enemy in our lives, than we've experienced that uh, that we've experienced than in the pains and sorrows we might be experiencing in awaiting its fulfillment? Did God's faithfulness to Abraham change between Genesis fifteen and seventeen? Not at all, and that is obvious in the foundation upon which the promises and covenant were based upon. And even more so, the promise wasn't just in the birth of a son through Sarah, who we know now as Isaac, but in the greater seed of Abraham that would usher in salvation for the entire world. The true meaning of Genesis 12, uh, of the promise of Genesis 12, verse 2, my heart's desire is to make you into a great nation, to bless you, to make your name great so that you may be a blessing. My desire is to bless those who bless you. But whoever curses you, I will curse. And in all the families of the earth... In you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. In closing, I want to encourage you. No matter what you're currently facing, whether the highs or lows of life, the emotional or spiritual roller coasters, the promise fulfillment delayed, the despair and depression, or whatever else, we serve a God far greater than any of these, and his promises never return void. If he can fulfill his promise to Abraham at 100 and Sarah at 90, then he can and will fulfill his promise in your life too, if we are faithful. Hebrews eleven one and two again one through three again says now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of realities not seen. For by it the elders received condemn- commendation, not condemnation. Commendation by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen did not come from anything visible. And then Hebrews twelve, one through three, therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also get rid of every weight and entangling sin. Let us run with endurance the race set before us, focusing on Yeshua, the initiator and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and he has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Considering consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you may not grow weary in your souls and lose heart. May we be counted as faithful like Avinu Abraham, our father Abraham. And may our faith be credited to us as righteousness in both the good times and the bad. And may our lives glorify the name of Messiah Yeshua and his promise of salvation. Avrahamim, Father of mercies, we worship you, Lord. We thank you, God, for your faithfulness, even when we are faithless. Father, we thank you that you make promises to us and you intend to keep them. Father, we thank you that you make promises to us and desire that we walk faithfully and trusting in your fulfillment. Father, I thank you that every promise you have made in our lives has a greater promise of the reality of eternity awaiting us in your kingdom. And Father, I pray that you will encourage us and uplift us in both the good and the bad that we will learn to walk and trust faithfully in you no matter the circumstances around us, no matter the pain and the anguish or the good that we are experiencing, that we will serve you with the same vigor and passion when everything is going right as when everything is going wrong. Father, we know that the days are drawing short. We understand that Messiah's return is soon. And we don't necessarily know when or exactly how far off, but we know his return is soon. And Father, we understand your word says things will only get worse as we move forward and closer to the return of Messiah. So Father, teach us now to be faithful in the hard times so that when things really do become difficult, we can walk faithfully in you no matter what we face, knowing that the promise that awaits us is far greater than anything we could desire here and now. It's far greater than anything we could ever imagine. And we thank you, Lord, that as Hebrews 1, 11, 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things, of realities not seen. Father, we have not yet seen the fulfillment of your eternal kingdom, but Father, we trust in perfect faith that it is awaiting us in the days to come. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, we pray, and everyone says, amen and amen. If you're joining us online, in just a moment we are going to say the Birchako Anim, the priestly blessing, and then round out our service, a little bit of worship. Uh, I want to thank you for joining with us this Shabbat. I pray that our service uh, has been a blessing to you, and we hope that you will join us again next week. Uh, Even better so here in person, but at least online. If you'll please rise for the Birchako Anim, the priestly blessing
5: you were we You The Lord bless you and keep
3: his face shine upon you and be great.